there y'all welcome to our next episode of champagne cinema the show where we do what we do best which is watch films drink wine and then whine about them my name is chris and joining me today is c hi everyone happy halloween it's in a few days it's pretty dressing up i'm not dressing up (laughs) no i mean it's on a sunday I need, like, it's like, it's a school day the next day. But I mean, we haven't dressed up for Halloween in a while. No, that's but not we, the vibe we go for. I think I've dressed up for Halloween once in my entire life. And I was in Las Vegas, which is obviously, I was the most covered up person in Las Vegas. I was like fully clothed in like a Star Wars thing. And everyone else was in lingerie. So I was like, okay, I'm out of place. But Wait, your, enti- awesome. your entire life? You never dressed up yeah. as a kid? No, we, like in Australia, we don't have Halloween no it's very american whoa i don't yeah. think maybe so i like, didn't know this i mean it's not a thing in the uk either i guess that's weird though if you think it would have caught on but okay that's crazy one not as like an aged thing like my parents definitely weren't like into that and i don't really know anyone like maybe as a teenager you might have like a halloween party or like like a halloween dance but like mm-hmm. trick-or-treating's definitely not a thing Maybe it is more so now, but I've never had any children come to my door. This sounds so creepy, <laughs> but I've decided this year we live like in the burbs now. So we're going to leave a bowl of candy out the front on like yes. a table because obviously our dog is going to go nuts every time someone like yeah. rings a doorbell or whatever. And cause still COVID still exists. And I don't think it was like, no one trick-or-treated last year really, because I think of I don't it. think so. So we're going to leave a little bowl out the front just cause I know there's kids around the neighborhood and it's on a Sunday. So like, I feel like people are going to go out on Sunday afternoon, early evening and walk around with their kids and stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'll get involved with the neighborhood community. <laughs> <laughs> well, I learned something new. Well, maybe one day we will, but I just have a hard time getting into it nowadays. So I just, I think I've always kind of wanted to, but there's never been anything that appeals to me. Like, I don't really want to pay money to go out to like a event that's like a Halloween event Mm -hmm. because it costs lots of money to buy a ticket and then drinks. If someone had like a house party, like that would be fun. I have done a haunted house before and it was terrifying, but like that was an experience. Me too. I did one in high school and a guy came after us and we walked out with like a chainsaw, I guess with no chain, but he was chasing us around the parking lot. I got so mad. I literally yelled at him, was like, leave us alone. And I never gone back because I was like, I've already left the building. Leave me alone. Yeah. I remember waiting in line and people would try and scare you were in line. And I was like, oh, this is like a bit intense because I was like, it's going to be like the movies. And I knew they couldn't touch you, but I was still terrified the entire time. And we went with one of our friends and I was like pushing her forward to be like, you're first, you're going to die first. Even though we're in like a completely safe environment. I was like, I know how to survive a horror story and is sacrificing your friend. So I was like, well, you're going first and I'll like run around. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. Um, so in honor of Halloween this weekend, we decided to switch things up and review a scary movie, which is not the genre of movies I usually watch. So Chris, I think you owe me pretty big because I don't normally go this scary these days. I do. I really do owe you big time for actually watching a scary movie with me (laughs) yeah instead of doing what we've done i think the past couple years is hocus pocus because you can never go wrong and i honestly i kind of like 
practical magic as a Halloween movie. I don't know if that really, it kind of counts. Um, but we went the slasher route that Chris recommended. One of your favorite films. I had never seen it before. I've known about it, but I've never seen it. Yes, I've seen this movie a bajillion times. I think I watched it for the first time when I was between like 10 and 12 with my neighbors. Um, there was like three girls that lived next across the road. I don't remember the first time watching it, but I remember this one scene, which we're going to discuss about later, which has been like ingrained into my mind ever since. And I just keep coming back to this film. I think I watch it probably like once a year. Uh, and I'm super excited for the fifth installment of this film is going to come out in January. And it's filmed, it was filmed in one of our favorite places, Wilmington at North oh. Carolina. So there's just so many reasons I'm excited. And this film like speaks to my soul. But I do not plan to go see that with you in a movie theater. <laughs> or maybe ever. <laughs> but definitely not well, in a movie theater. <laughs> that is a hard line. We'll We'll see. We'll mm -hmm. see, see. Yeah. <laughs> because I think you I think you did enjoy the film to a certain extent. I think you appreciated it for what it was. I think you felt accomplished that you got through it. Um, because that's how I always feel when I watch a scary movie. And also the way that you're narrating through the entire length of the film. I feel like you were invested in it. I've also never heard you speak so much during a film. And I've seen this film multiple times, so I don't mind people talking, but you were talking a lot. And I was like, wow, is this what I sound like when I watch films with people? Well, it bothers me that you know and I want to know. And so I'm just like constantly like, so is it this? Is it this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You were continuously making comments and asking questions and trying to predict, predict what was going to happen, like who the bad guy was. I just feel like this is a trick. <laughs> is it Dewey? Just keep watching. I felt like the whole time we were watching it, I was just trying to throw you off scent. Really? Oh, you're tricky. More tricks. Why would they kill Rose? I was also just really wanted you to appreciate the film as much as I do. I just want you to really love this film as much as me. And then I get nervous. You're just not going to love it as much as me. But that's okay. Going through it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be for me to watch. It didn't have a lot of the super anxious, scary scenes that I tend to feel when I'm watching any sort of scary movie. I think the last one, which I don't even know what it was called, was really intense to watch. But I think it's maybe because it was like that 90s teen vibe and the film wasn't super dark and gory. It just, it kind of still kept it light with everything going on around it. So with that being said, I have good news. I will not hate you forever for making me watch this. Our friendship has survived. <laughs> Do I have the urge to watch it Yay. over and over? I don't know. Would I watch the sequels? Maybe. It's not a hard no, but it's not a yes. So that's good for you, I guess, for now. <laughs> I'm not making any promises. <laughs> Yesterday, I really felt like watching the sequel, um, and I didn't, because in my heart of hearts, I was like, she'll watch this with me, right? And then she'll watch the third, and then the fourth, and then we can wait a while till we watch the fifth. But I was like, she's, she's going to commit to this, 
because I have like a really strong relationship with these films. But if you have not guessed what we watched already, coming in at number 94 on Time Out's best horror films list is Wes Craven's 1996 smash teen hit slasher film, Scream. This movie starred 90s icons Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, I'm going to say it wrong, David Arquette. You did it! Did I get it right? <laughs> yes! <Yay. laughs> and the hunky Skeet Urich. Please note that these episodes will contain spoilers for every movie, so if you've not seen it and don't want us to ruin it for you, this is your warning. Go and watch the films and then come back. Plot breakdown of Scream. I actually want to ask you, C, what do you think the plot is? Because you've never seen this film, but you obviously know stuff about it. I think it's a bunch of people in high school that are friends and they party together and they're all getting killed off by this Scream guy with the white face mask. And they're trying to figure out, like, who is the guy? <laughs> who, who is who, the person? Or female? Or gal? It? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty accurate, but according to IMDb, I was also like, can and I Drew, make... And I know somebody who dies, but that's it. Who do you know who dies? Well, I know Drew dies in the very beginning. Oh, that's such a good scene. I was hoping I, that you yeah, didn't know like that. Yeah, it's like an obvious... I feel like that's just always... I think that was was like so crazy yeah. about it. Like she was actually like a known actress. And, and then, like right away. Yeah. Yeah. So that's anyway, all I know. But the plot is... A year after her mother's death, Sydney Prescott, who is played by Neve Campbell, okay. and her friends start getting start experiencing some strange phone calls. They later a year learn that- after her mom's death, so that's like a call out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's part of the storyline. It's right. also kind of like why Neve Campbell, like Sydney, is quite traumatized because like she doesn't have her mother around anymore anyway so they later learned that they were coming from a crazed serial killer in a white face mask and a large black robe looking for revenge his phone calls usually consist of many questions the main one being what's your favorite scary movie phone calls Mm -hmm. i know that too along with much scary movie trivia ending with bloody pieces of innocent lives scattered across the small town of woodsboro That's terrifying to be like stuck in a serial killer situation. I would think I would just be like, I'm going out of town until this is sorted out. I don't think this is real. Like it, like but this is, serial killers are real. Yeah, but they kind of do things like over a prolonged period. These movies are like it all happens in two days. I mean, I don't know. When I watch Law and Order SVU, there's a lot of serial killer episodes, and they're going boom, 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 boom. Just saying. Well, that is the plot of this film, which I think you got kind of right. There's definitely a bit more yeah, depth Yeah, I mean, it's such an it. iconic thing, so, like, I'm aware of some it of it. It is a teen slasher film. Yes. There is, like, no other way to categorize it. That I've never seen, and you've been begging for me to see. I think you're going to enjoy it. It has Courtney Cox in her, like, prime. So this is, like, was yeah. it 1996? So, like, she Friends was on TV. It was one of her first ones. It's how she met her husband then, David Aquaric, because he's on it too. Arquette. You Arquette, always say that. Sorry. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and um, Neve Campbell, she was on Party of Five. So oh, I love that It show. was definitely like in that time of, this is like pure 90s gold. Yeah. I agree. For the plonk. So... I did look and see if Drew Barrymore had a wine, which she does, but it's just not, I guess, a very popular or distributed very well because <laughs> it only looked available in New York. 
couldn't find it in texas no she doesn't want to sell to us yeah i didn't i couldn't find it anywhere there was no website for it so i'm like okay i don't think she's putting too much into it but so i went to the next thing i could think of which is drew barrymore's best friend cameron diaz she has a wine called avaline which i really always every time i see it love the branding and the color and the label like i just think it's super it's clean cool yeah and it's just cool but yeah, Avaline, it's made with organic grapes, vegan friendly. So we're very like healthy today. Can we also preference it is 1.30 p.m. and we got drunk last night. So yeah, we were out. So we we're had, really rallying. We're rallying and I really hope this is like clean and fresh and doesn't yes. make me feel Oh yeah, I haven't even ratchet. said it's a white wine. It's a white wine <laughs> blend. I even said that. So yeah, they're white wine blend. 11.6. It does say dry with a touch of citrus and a crisp, fresh finish. Pairs well with fresh cut flowers and your favorite meal. Popcorn? <laughs> yeah. Does it pair well with popcorn? We'll see, because last time we had white wine and popcorn, it was kind of disappointing and yeah. weird and didn't go very well. So maybe that was, we just, we didn't like that white wine very much. No. So. Did we have this wine? Yes. In, where were we? Surfside? Surfside, Texas? Surfside, Texas. So like the Texas Gulf Coast. We went there for like a week just to get away. It was during the pandemic. So we had to like drive somewhere. It was just after Labor Day last yeah, year. Yeah, we just need to get away. It wasn't like the nicest beach, but it was a cute house. And we just the like held up and it- watched shows. Selena. <laughs> we Selena. And we watched that show with Hilary Swank that came out in like the space one. We like binged that. And we ordered... Aveline wine. We got the rosé and the white. I don't really remember exactly. I but the rosé was, like, was really good. I can't remember the white, but I also just remembered that that was when we watched the Joy edition of Best of Me. Oh, yeah. I feel like we have spoken about this twice now. We definitely have spoken about. Maybe this. we should do an episode because who doesn't want to watch James Marsden? But like, we need to compare. We need to talk about the Best of Me Joy edition where our mind was blown. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking Aveline, like what is? Wait, I thought he's dead. What? Yeah. So that is what we'll be drinking today in honor of Drew Barrymore with Cameron Diaz. And it's a twist. In the glass. Smell the nodes. Smell the nodes. I think this would be really good, like a fall, like I don't want to say summer because when I say summer in Texas, it's just too hot and I don't want to sit outside when it's that hot, but it's like a fresh salad, some fries, like this, a watermelon, balsamic, yeah. vinegar, salad, Maybe it's like a nice like, spring. It's a perfect one for a charcuterie board. I feel like a good charcuterie board. Oh, and it's from Spain. Not bad. Oh, hello. It goes down really Cameron. easy. I don't like white wine, and that is, and I am hungover, which I didn't think this was going to go very well for me. But that was nice. I'm happy with it. On to Scream. Eater, eater, eater. So, if you have not watched Scream films, uh, the first topic is going to ruin the whole twist at the end of the film. (laughs) The twist is that the two seemingly loving boyfriends were actually the ones running around killing everyone. They were on the murder spree. Um, And this was Billy and Stu, which is played by Skeet Ulrich, and then Matthew Lillard, who is from (laughs) Scooby-Doo. So based on the whole concept of this film that the boyfriends were murdering everyone, we thought a great topic to discuss at first would be 
bad boyfriends. Um, and we thought this was really imp- like appropriate for us because we always just like like shitting on ex-boyfriends, which is always <laughs> really fun. See, you didn't even think Ski Urich, a.k.a. Billy, did it right until like at the end when you found out with him. You were just like, what the fuck? I don't think he's a killer. He's too hot. I just thought it was too obvious an option. And clearly I know now that was a part of the whole trick of the movie that they were making him seem like the more obvious option to make you think like, okay, but it's not him because it seems like it's him. Did I like him and think he was the best boyfriend in throughout the movie? Hell no. But I was looking for more subtle hints. But in this film, that did not work. They totally got me. I was wrong. I definitely was wrong. But I will say you had a little bit of an unhealthy, (laughs) a little bit unhealthy obsession with Billy, even when you knew he was the killer. I mean, well, you always knew it was the killer. But even when like he is the killer while we're watching, you're still really into him. Oh, Billy's so hot in that white shirt. I still love Skeet. Some gale weather what do you mean? He's hot. Isn't he hot right now? Yeah. He's got this psychotic hotness about him. You have a problem. Yeah. I think you need to go to therapy. I do. I gotta hand it to him. He does a great hot psychopath boyfriend. <laughs> Even though there are so many red flags during that movie with his behavior. I just keep coming back for more of the crazy. I just think he's really hot in it. And maybe that's like whole bad boy thing that I love. Like I was thinking about it and Jackson Sons of Anarchy is orderous, like a murderous, horrible person, but he's just so goddamn sexy in a white t-shirt. Like he just come back for more of that crazy. (laughs) He does look good in a white t-shirt, but I think there were more issues about him that I kind of turned me off of him, which I think is more healthy. (laughs) Love you, but that's a little it's a little unhealthy, a little toxic. So I had really picked up that he was a bad guy based on his continuous comments about sex and pressuring Sydney. But now that we know he's a killer, like what the actual fuck was that about? Did he have to have sex with her? Like what was his end game? I understand his motive in the sense of his mom, like he really hated her mom and wanted to kill her. But his motives just seemed all over the place because he had already killed her a while ago. So I was just very confused by what was going on in his brain. So I've kind of questioned that for a while, like why Billy actually wanted to kill Sydney. So I understand in a way that he killed her mom because her mom was having an affair with his dad and that's why his mom left. So he had mom issues and – but like – I never really understood like why he also a raped Sydney's mom and then murdered her. I get the murder, mm-hmm. but like why did he have to rape her? I feel like there's a sex thing happening there and maybe that's something to do with power. I don't know. But Skeet never like blamed his father for having an affair, which would make way more sense if like he murdered Sydney's mom and then a year later murdered his dad because, you know, his mom left him and everything like that. But instead he just went after Sydney, who he'd been dating for two years. So when you think about it, her mom died a year before. So they were together when their parents had an affair and then he murdered her mom. But then he went after Sydney, like on the anniversary. And I'm just like, not really sure what Sydney did so wrong for him to want to murder her and like everyone else as well, apart from being a complete psycho. Yeah. His logic is really whack. And I'm sorry, but your mom, your mommy leaving you when you were young is not (laughs) enough, good enough reason to become a psycho killing machine. 
Like they killed him and Stu, so many people that just didn't even make sense. Like, why do you need to kill them? Especially the principal Hembry, which I did a little research myself. And I found out that in the original script, he wasn't supposed to be killed. But the an exec looked at the script and realized it was like 30 minutes where nobody was being killed. And he was like, we need to kill somebody else. So they just killed him. And it also fixed the problem with like all the kids leaving the party, like all those random kids down the road. But it just was, you know, when you're watching it, you're like, what? Y'all are just killing just to kill. And that's also with Stu, the other killer boyfriend. <laughs> this is so sad. <laughs> scary. I'm scared about dating world now. But this is some intense peer pressure for him to join this murder club. And he not only kills his ex-girlfriend, Casey, Drew Barrymore, and Steve, her boyfriend in the film, but then kills Tatum, a.k.a. Rose McGowan, for no reason. She was a good girlfriend. She was giving him sexy time. Like, why did she have to die? Why? Do you think it was Billy or Stu that murdered her in the garage? Because I'm like, where are these characters at this time? And I'm always like, did Stu do it or did Billy do it? Well, I was thinking one just mentally, like thought process, it was Billy. Because I think he's kind of the craziest out of the two in my way. He's just weird. What's his motive? Like he's just becoming a raging maniac. So I think it just was him as like a bored idiotic boy who just clearly got off on killing people for no reason and tatum might have been like the ultimate move because he's killing somebody he quote unquote loves but i thought also billy was upstairs with sydney at this point was she was he not i do not recall if billy had turned up by that stage or not i really don't know i think he turns up afterwards because billy's not there for a while and then they go upstairs, but I don't, I think, cause she's wit. I don't know. I, I, part of me thinks it's Billy that kills her because I just think Billy's a more crazy one where Stu's just kind of a bit more sidekicky because I also think Billy killed Casey and Steve because like Stu was accounted for with Tatum and then Billy was on his way to Sydney's place. So I think Billy's actually kind of like, the little bit more cray cray one and likes to like really likes to kill people where Stu's just sidekick. He's like the Robin to the Batman of psychopaths. I just feel like maybe Stu did like the more out of nowhere killings, like the principal and Rose, like why kill them? Cause he's just kind of seems irrational and he did leave and he was like, all right, I'll be back or whatever. When all those people were in the living room. So, I mean, either way, poor Rose, <laughs> but I think there were, a lot of red flags during the film, like Stu making comments about saying it takes a man to murder somebody and then there's always a reason to kill your girlfriend. Um, no, I don't agree with that. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> she should have ran right when she heard that. I think it all makes sense from that point of view. Like when you kind of watch it again, you're like, oh, their behavior makes way more sense now to where it ends up. But you definitely thought it was Dewey the whole time. He's a dirty cop and a killer, and he wants him there so he can kill them all. I've never quite realized that before. What? That he is the one that drops, drops him off at a party off. when there's a curfew. It's weird. That's it's. You're not doing a good job at copping. Yeah, I got that wrong. Um, mainly because when Sydney got a call from Ghostface at Tatum's house, Dewey was 
in his room and only came out when she hung up. But now looking back, it definitely, again, was a trick. But I do think the whole time there was something off with Billy and I really didn't like him, especially when he told Sydney to get over her mom's murder only after a year. But he is stupid. Well, at least he knows it. But he still said it. <laughs> like, I should have known right there that he was the killer. But I thought, again, they were just trying to divert. Just for you people out there, a big red flag when somebody is telling you to get over something when it really is upsetting to you and has no empathy that's a that's a red flag to run for sure I think like when we were kind of watching this and then like talking about like what we're gonna what topics we want to discuss obviously bad boyfriends is like number one um it makes me think of an ex when I was like I think 17 or 18 years old just finished high school and there were just so many red flags I didn't recognize then because I was young and dumb but now I'm like okay these are like red flags stay away from it but it was always he always wanted me like if I didn't want to do something he'd always make me feel stupid for not wanting to do it or like bad for not wanting to do it and then somehow I ended up doing it an example Mm -hmm. is like paintball paintball is terrifying and it hurts like it's some kind of abuse because you end up getting shot everywhere with like these bullets and then you just have welts all over your body. Like, I think I had a very valid reason for not wanting to play paintball. <laughs> yeah. And then somehow I ended up playing paintball and I just hid the whole time. And that was because he like made me feel dumb and stupid and like weak for like not wanting to do that. And I was like, that was a red flag. And another one was that he would always make me drive to parties. So in Australia, you can drink when you're 18. Lucky uh-huh. us. Yeah. But, um, you know, so we'd go to parties, we'd go to 18th birthdays and stuff, but I would always be the one driving so that he could drink and that I could be designated driver for all of his mates. When I look at that, I'm like, that was just manipulative so that you could enjoy yourself and get home easily and your mates can have fun. But like, I was the girlfriend that had to drive you around and like, I'm a nice person pretty much, but like, I would never fucking do that now. I just think I'm like wiser and older and I can spot these red flags. And I also (laughs) thought about it when I was thinking about this and I'm like, he was like, a little bit crazy he definitely had parent issues um and he was definitely also <laughs> the most horrible out of all my ex-boyfriends and I'm just like really glad that I realized that before he murdered me <laughs> not like that was gonna happen but like it's just like it's funny to look back at it and like he just definitely wasn't as hot as ski or that's probably why I like I let him get away with more like murder and being like you're still a babe but that's just what I was thinking okay so the second topic I think we want to talk about is like what would you do in a horror film? So like, what would you do in the situations that they're in? And I always think I wouldn't do that, but you never know. It's one of the reasons and themes I like Scream so much, apart from how hot Billy is and how beautiful Sydney is and just like the epic twist is that I think it teaches you a lot about horror films. Um, It has a huge amount of pop culture references throughout it with like films and also like horror films and horror trends as well and also it's got tons of 90s nostalgia in it even though it's filmed in the 90s I feel like it just stands the test of time one thing I love that it's very clearly throughout this film but also the other films is that it tells you the rules of horror which you can see in other horror films too that they all abide by these rules yeah it was kind of like a teaching lesson on horror films which I remember Jamie Kennedy which was Randy in the film had the three rules where you can never have sex or I think like, you have to be a virgin. 
you can never drink or do drugs and never ever under any circumstances say i'll be right back which <laughs> shit i just said it so now i'm scared <laughs> ironically though randy explains all these rules while at a party with half of the people there drunk and i was thinking the other two rules that could be added to this is never run upstairs or into a building because you're trapped. Oh, she ran up the stairs. But she tried to go out the front door. I know, but like, give us some credit. And never say who's there. So now I'm just going to be paranoid constantly. I'm never doing any of these things. I also think you decided during this film that you're never going to answer a house phone again because like Drew Barrymore answered, then like Neve Campbell answered, and you're just like, fuck this. God fucking damn it. <laughs> never answering a real phone again. Oh no. Yeah, and they wouldn't stop answering the phone too. That's what pissed me off. They kept answering and they got sucked in. But so I think there was a lot of stupid shit that I hope I wouldn't do in these situations, like the garage scene with Tatum and Ghostface. Like who tries to squeeze in through a dog door on a garage door? Her boobs are too big. <laughs> she can't fit through them. Oh, her boobs got through. Oh. No, 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 I don't want to see. You didn't see anything, you did. But I know what's happening. I mean, she's just dead. So what would have you done in that situation? Well, A, <laughs> my boobs aren't that big, so I wouldn't have that issue that Tatum had. And B, I don't think I would have gone to that party in the first place because there was a serial killer on the loose or gone to go get a beer in a garage by myself because there is a serial killer on the loose. I would have told him to go or at least somebody come with me, like, stay home. <laughs> I also think, like, Sydney should be smarter than going to this party. I know. I do think that Tatum puts up a really good fight. She's, like, throwing beer bottles and she kicks him in the balls and, like, she slams the fridge into his face. Like, I really think she's, like, putting up a good fight. But she should have not tried to crawl through that door. Like, and I don't really know how she got stuck and how she couldn't get back out. Also don't understand how that garage door was able to lift her up. And like looking at my garage door, I'm like, I don't think it would have killed me if it would have gone up the way all the way up. And also her body position changed halfway through the film. Like at one point her boobs yeah. are on one side and then you go back and look at the scene when Neve Campbell finds her and her boobs are on the other side. And I was like, well, if her boobs were on the other side, she would yeah. definitely be able to get out. The whole thing was a bit weird, but I don't think I would have taken that route to get out of there. I think she was putting up a good fight. I think she could have kept fighting this dude and eventually like got out to some extent. And also there's like a emergency release lever on garage doors that you can like pull. So like, and I feel like there's sensors that like, if there's something like that, it would stop. Yeah. Working. There's like a sensor. It wouldn't so, just keep mm -hmm. going. But I do think also through this, like the females put up a good fight. When you really look at it, like Drew Barrymore's character, she puts up a bit of a fight. She's very hard to kill. Mm -hmm. And then like Sydney and Gail, they put up the best fights. Like they just don't die. They are so badass and they take that power back. And like poor Dewey, like the males just couldn't catch a break. But it just really proves throughout this whole film that women cannot rely on men. They just got to do shit themselves. Yeah, I felt bad for Dewey because he was a good person, but he just should have been a better cop. <laughs>
he was a cop and he couldn't do shit. <laughs> I've also learned from this film and like other films I've watched as well. When you run upstairs, you need to have an exit strategy. Don't run upstairs for like no reason, like know your surroundings. So for example, I have a plan to get out of every house that I've ever lived in. If someone breaks in granted, I never want to be in that situation, but I have like run the game plan through my mind of like different exit strategies. Um, I think I have a bit of a shot, but like, you never know. What about you? Yes, I a hundred percent do this. I, at my, one of my older places had this whole plan, which was if somebody starts trying to come in, I hit the car alarm button on my keys and hopefully that scares them off. But if that doesn't work, then I throw like the dust vanity they have in front of the door to you know block the door. Then I would turn on the light in the bathroom and lock it from the inside so they think I'm in there to distract them. And then I would run out the door to the garage because my room was connected to the garage and all that and I'd escape and be good to go. But there was this one time where I heard something bang in the kitchen where it really did sound like something bad and I did nothing and I froze. (laughs) (laughs) It was just Tupperware falling from the cabinet above the sink. It was terrifying and very embarrassing because I was not, I I look back at that situation later that night and I was like, that was really piss poor. That was really bad. It's always like, I would do this. Uh, Part of me wants to think that I wouldn't freeze, but like there is a high chance I would just like, you know, how it's like a scared cat kind of thing, like fright or flight or I don't know, nor do I want to know, but I do have like a pepper spray in my bedside Mm -hmm. cabinet thing. I actually have like one here as well. (laughs) (laughs) I have one in my purse right now. Whenever I've had scary nights by myself, I have my pepper spray and my car keys next to me on the bedside table. Oh, and I also have like a like a Swiss Army blade, switchblade type thing that I sleep yep. sleep near my bed. And you know that's just me. And I now live in Texas, so like I don't have a gun or anything. But I'm like, shit, I need to protect myself somehow. So I have these things around. And my okay, dog- you're saying that like Texas is like the Western world, and there's people constantly coming to get There's you. just more like guns here. <laughs> like it's just like gunpowder. Like I don't quite get it, but like people have it. Like I have friends that have guns in their houses, and they're telling me a story, and it was like, yeah. I was like, wow, you were like, it was a girl, and she's like, yeah, I own a gun, and I was just like, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I guess from you're from Australia. So I feel like you need to say more like I'm in America now because I think it is more of a, a thing it's, all over. It's definitely more Texas is probably like on a it's like on steroids when it comes to it. Um <laughs> but like yeah, definitely prepared and have things around me, but I agree like if it actually happened, I don't want to do. Also, like my dog is like getting left behind. I don't know how I can help him if I'm trying to escape. Oh no, I'm grabbing my dog. I can pick him up. Yeah, I can't pick up my dog. <laughs> He's in another room too. I'm like, you're on your own, mate. <laughs> Poor Ubi. Hope you can look scary. <laughs> all right. So on to our honorable mentions. I think one of them was all the pop cultural references. I think you really catch up on a lot of them because they include a lot of scary movie stuff, but there was something using Clueless and... What was the other ones that you had? Some pun? Yeah, there was, Um, I think it's Tatum is this like, she's like, oh, we're in like some like 
you're not living in some Wes Carpenter film. And I was like, oh, because like Wes, what's Craven directed this film, but then it, she's also referencing John mm-hmm. Carpenter, which is he did all the Halloween films, which was about murdering teenagers. So they kind of like played on it of like these two directors that do a lot of horror teen films, like putting that like name together and saying, oh, Sydney, like you're not in a Wes Carpenter film. And I was like, haha. And I'm like, ah, oh, so many people wouldn't get this. <laughs> Yeah, there were a lot of um, Halloween stuff that came up. Yeah, which I think I mentioned with the Halloween films, though. I feel like the original, it's pretty It's not, It's not. pretty easy to watch compared to some other things. And, you know, that's like where Jamie Lee Curtis like really comes out and everyone's like, oh, my God, Jamie Lee Curtis. Now she's still doing like the 10th film of Halloween, which I just love as well. With Kyle Richards, who is, is a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was just my Bravo plug. <laughs> Um, another honorable mention that I was pretty excited about was Henry Winkler, the Fonz. Fonz. (laughs) (laughs) Other one was Drew Barrymore. You can't leave her out. The first 15 minutes is all about her. I I just feel like this Drew Barrymore's 15 minutes. I think it's very, it was very strange because like when you look at the film poster, her face is on the film poster. Like you think she's going to have a really dominant role in this film, but she's in it for like 15 minutes, but it's such an impactful like opening scene. Like I think it's like very iconic in like the horror film world. I don't know whether any other opening scenes that really hit you like that. All the other screen movies actually try and replicate what they did with Drew Barrymore and they've never quite done it. Um, And it's just so funny because everyone was like, wait, what the fuck? Like Drew Barrymore just died in 15 minutes. I've only seen it one other time and it was in G.I. Joe 2 when they killed off Channing Tatum in the first like 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, I don't want to watch this film anymore. It was like so bizarre. But I think Drew Barrymore does a really good job in it. And I was reading somewhere that – when she was filming this, they were actually trying to scare her, but they forget they forgot to disconnect the phone line. So she was dialing nine one one and screaming into the phone, and it kept actually dialing nine one one. And like people came to the set <laughs> because they forgot to disconnect the phone. And I was like, well, she must have been fucking scared or acting really well. Either way, bravo to her. She must have been so into it and not realizing that somebody was like, "Hello, hello, are you okay?" <laughs> But I will say that Drew, that part, I think was the scariest, like on the edge of my seat for me in that movie. So it was really good. The other one was Jamie Kennedy, just have to call him out, uh, super young and just randomly kind of shows up as that random guy. He survives, right? Yeah. He's like one of the only ones that survives. Randy survives. But when you said Jamie Kennedy and you knew who he was, I was like, wait, what is he known for here i only know jamie kennedy from scream so i was like how is he famous in the i don't i was like i don't understand is it like something to do with real world (laughs) no i can't really remember he was just like a comedian i think he had like a jamie kennedy show in like the 2000s or something when i was growing up maybe high school and he was like big and just like this character that was pretty big for a bit i think there was like an actual jamie kennedy show or something like that so just like back in the day like kind of pop culture around I can't remember specifically. The other one was Sydney's house and just the views were gorgeous. Like I wanted to go there. I didn't want to go there in that movie, but <laughs> I do want to go there. It's gorgeous. Looking it up, it was like in Sonoma. Or in Santa the, Rosa. Yeah, like the wine region, which is stunning. And I say, think I looked at Drew Barrymore's house. Her parents are driving up to the home and like there's all these like 
vineyards like white grows of grapes yeah. and I'm like oh like they own a winery how how nice for them their daughter just got murdered but like at least they have the wine to help them <laughs> I know the other one Courtney Cox just love her as Gail she had you know some vibes that we just could always connect with please interpret that as move your fat tub of lard ass now She's such a Monica in this. Another honorable mention was the 90s fashion, which was all over the place and just really, I think, spoke to us growing up. Yeah, but then I'm like, wait, all this is coming back. So it's like, oh, I'm seeing this again in Gen Z is at the moment. And I'm like, oh, okay. Some of it was great. Some of it was a bit blah, but like, you know, Sydney just wears like, you know, those 90s jeans that are all the trend now, but I'm like, they were just jeans back then Mm -hmm. and a t-shirt and sneakers. I'm like, cool, but... I definitely think Rose and Courtney Cox had like were they their style was on point. Yeah, Courtney Cox or Gail wore a lot of neon, which is like big now, but she had like bright colors and like power suits and skirts. And then Rose was just yeah, quintessential like nineties teen and just all done up. But another big thing that I really noticed, which I think it was in the garage scene, this came up. Mm-hmm literally pun not intended her nipples <laughs> i just feel like they really wanted us to focus on boobs and we did we really paid attention to what those boobies were doing during that scene i mean how could you not they were so point they were so there <laughs> and it's just like they they wanted that's intentional i feel like 90s was just oh my gosh rose and the nipples did you see that yeah i don't think i've ever noticed that before. that was aggressive Okay, so on to our ratings of Scream script. 10. 10 out of 10. I mean, 5 out of 5. Okay. 10? I'll give it a 4.5. I don't know what's ever going to make 5 out of 5, but 4.5. I love the script. I love the puns. I love the 90s stuff. I like how they explain things. I like everything about it. And there is no long monologues. I just like it. the end um i'd say four it was good nothing like earth shattering but it did bring in a lot and was a big part of the story characters five (laughs) i would agree with that i really did like all the characters and that's just like a big part i think of that movie yeah I and th- everybody's very different i think the female power thing i love and it's kind of consistent like as we were talking about like all the chicks put up a really good fight and how they're like portrayed and things like that and the dudes just like don't really do very much but i do like that like dewey even the cop he's like such a sweetheart but like really is useless and then like the psychopathness of all the boyfriends and all that i just and even like, yeah, the Fonz, just like this little character, the principal is just like very strange and eccentric and stuff. And it just works. Plot. Five. <laughs> let, let it be known that this movie is like in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. So like there's only a f- like the, yeah, it's definitely, this is one of my most favorite films. I'll say three and a half just because some of it, wasn't very logical and there was just things <laughs> thrown in you're like but why <laughs> like stew and killing of certain people and it just kind of was like we like i said that script like well somebody hasn't died so we should just kill somebody <laughs> so it was good i enjoyed it but it wasn't it, it 3.5 <laughs> You're mad. No, I, I mean, no, that's the, I know that I'm on the extreme of this film. Like, I'm like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. It's so great. 
It's okay. You can be a disappointed in me. Entertainment five. <laughs> I've watched this movie so many times and I still really enjoy it and it holds me and I just, I could watch it over and over again. So it's the other spectrum of Annie Hall. <laughs> I agree with that. Entertainment factor for me, I'll say 4.5 and I'll kind of include because of the plot, you know, what's against the plot is that it's so random and not very logical. It also is entertaining because you don't expect it and all of a sudden, boom, all these scenes are crazy happening. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like flip flopped. Would you recommend? Obviously, but I'm more interested in like if you would recommend. If you like scary movies and the 90s, then yeah. What if you don't like scary movies? What if, Okay, if you obviously hate scary movies, probably not. But what if you're kind of like in the middle, in between, you're like, I don't really watch scary movies, but I would watch ones that like are like recommended and like, you know, this is like something you have to watch. It's like a classic. I would say watch it during the day. Like I always say we have to. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say it's not as bad. It's really, it's really not. and. If you're teetering on kind of wanting to watch a scary movie and you might be okay with it, then go for it. Yeah, I would agree. I wouldn't give it a hard no. Oh, yes. That's all I needed to hear. The wine vibe. It was good. That was, (laughs) we were drinking Cameron Diaz's Aveline. Uh, Yeah, her white blend. It actually was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would drink that again and I don't drink white. So yeah, I was down. It was like in the middle of the day as well. So a bit softer and we were out the night before yeah it's just a bit softer on the palate you could I think I was saying it would be really good like sitting on a deck with like a salad fresh salad with the sun on your face mm-hmm. I could I could be down for that yeah I enjoyed it okay so thank you all for joining for scream leave us a review and comment on any movies you want us to watch and whine about don't forget to subscribe and find us on tiktok linked in the description cheers, cheers. Yeah.